and welcome to the Bikers Church Midrand Podcast. It's great to have you join us for this week's episode. We hope that you find this valuable for your daily life. Welcome and thank you for joining us today. Today is actually a great day to be joining us because today we are starting a brand new series called We Are The Church. And as I say that word church, uh, chances are that you have a very clear definition or or at least a definition of this word church. Um, Maybe you grew up in church, you did church your entire life and, and as a result you have what you believe is a quite a clear definition of what this word church means. Maybe you didn't grow up in church at all. Maybe you have actually avoided church your entire life because of a definition that you have of this word church. And if today really is your first day that you're connecting with church, then I really want to just extend a very special welcome to you. And it's so good to have you connect with us today. But no matter which end of the spectrum you find yourself on, you have a definition of this word church. And I wonder if you'd be as brave today as to just engage with me for a moment, grab your phone, go into your notes and write down your definition of this word church. As I say church, what do you think of? Just write it down. Now, when I think of church, I think of the fact that up until a couple months ago, we were gathering on a Sunday. Like we were getting together and we were we were engaging. Maybe gathering started for you at home already, just trying to gather your family into a car uh, to try and get them to church on time. And like that created its own stress. As a result, you just try to not kill anyone in the car and definitely not kill anyone on the road heading to church trying to make up a bit of time you may even have had to stop in the parking lot and just kind of practice what Nats taught us last week with regards to that whole breathing thing just just kind of doing your your own little spiel to just get your heart right to the point where you felt like you just love people again and then you could get out the car step into the parking lot start engaging with people and if you've ever done church with us here at this location you would know that we are a very loving bunch we don't just walk in and do a head nod Uh, no we hug each other we love on each other and once you did that possibly you'd go fetch your coffee once you had your coffee you'd go to your seat you know what i mean like your seat it's no one else's seat god help anyone if they take your seat you may even be one of those confrontational people who uh who would let it be known that it's your seat and ask the person excuse me sir could you please just move up four seats because this is my seat in church and I know that Walter sits over there he's non-confrontational he won't even bug you about it that's what you're thinking you don't tell the person meanwhile Walter is sitting in church trying to engage in in worship and he's like all like I love you Jesus but could you please give that guy a fresh revelation that he's sitting on my seat Uh, and you know exactly what I'm talking about when I talk about your seat And then we would engage in worship, we would engage in God's word and his truth for our lives. And after that, we would get together and we would visit and just have a good time together. And then this little virus comes along 
that sounds far more like a Mexican beer than a global pandemic. <laughs> and Corona rocks up and we have to stop gathering. We have to stop gathering? Like this was unthinkable. But as we stop gathering, we It, it may have to you felt like church had stopped. Like, like church has stopped. Like all of a sudden there's no more hugs. Uh, like like you, you don't get your coffee at church anymore. You have to go get your own coffee in your own kitchen. Uh, the, the big upside is you don't have to worry about anyone sitting on your seat. Because now your seat is your couch. And let's be honest, there's not a lot of competition over that in your living room, is there? But it's even for all of us, for us trying to run a, a, a Sunday, it forced us into a space where we had to rethink how we do church, how, how we do worship together, how we engage with, with bringing across God's word to, to his people, um, how we visit together. I mean, before it was face to face, you know, now it's Zoom. And if you're anything like me, but now you all zoomed out. But yet we had to rethink all of these things. And this possibly created a lot of frustration for you personally. But maybe you're in the group of people who didn't miss church at all. You didn't miss church at all. Why? Because church just wasn't on your radar. Church just wasn't on your radar. But through this time, church got onto your radar and you've started engaging with church and you've started becoming a part of a community of church during this time and I reckon it's the best decision that you could make for your life, for your family, for your community. Well done to you. But during these times I've had so many conversations with people where they've just asked a very real and, and possibly even a very relevant question and the question has been man hasn't corona hasn't COVID-19 hasn't this this global pandemic threatened the church like hasn't this this global pandemic for some reason um like smothered the church like started to kill off people's passion people's desire to to maybe one day eventually get together like like hasn't this global pandemic threatened the church and the answer may be surprising to you because the answer is yes, but the answer is also no. And it all depends on what your definition of the word church is. You see, this day came along where Jesus was, 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 walking with his disciples in an area called Caesarea Philippi. Um, and this, this account of the life of Jesus was captured in the book of Matthew, chapter 16, verse 13 through 18. Um, and as Jesus is walking with his disciples, disciples just meaning his followers, uh, he's walking with his followers. And at one point he looks at them and he, 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 he just asks them a question. He, he says to them, he says to them, what do people, who do people say I am? 
Like when people talk about me, like who do people say that I am? And they respond and they say, they say, well, they, you know, people reckon you're, you're John the Baptist or, or you are you're the prophet Jeremiah or the prophet Elijah. Like you, you pretty much, you're some, you're some reincarnated prophet. Like that's what people reckon. That's who people reckon you are. And then Jesus asked them a second question. And he asked them, he says, okay, who do you say that I am? And they say to Jesus, well, actually Peter, the hyperactive kid in class, he, he kind of jumps up and, and, and says to Jesus, he says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And for you and I, I don't think that we recognize the gravity of what, what, what Peter had just said there. Like, I don't think we really recognize the, 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 the gravity of, of like the revolutionary nature of the statement that, that he'd made there. Because you see, this word Christ um, is, is, is not a last name. It's not like Jesus Christ born from Mary and Joseph Christ. Like this word Christ means Messiah. This word Christ. Christ means God's promised Savior, God's promised Redeemer. Like God made a promise with these people. It's, it's, he said, I will pull you out of slavery. I will save you out of your bondage. I will send someone to do that and he will be king and he will reign forever. And here Peter is saying, you're that guy. You are that guy. You are the Christ. You are the Messiah. But he doesn't stop there. He says, you are the son of the living God. And that's revolutionary. Because he's saying, man, you're not some reincarnated prophet. No, 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 no. You're so much more than a teacher. You're so much more than a prophet. You are the son of God. And Jesus goes on to affirm this. He goes on to affirm the gravity of this, of this proclamation, the statement that, that um, Peter had just made in the moment. He, go, he goes on to affirm the, 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 the gravity of that statement. And Jesus replies like this. In, 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 he says this. He says, you are blessed, Simon, son of Jonah. Like you are blessed, Simon, son of Jonah, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You didn't learn this from any human being. <laughs> no. And he goes on to say this. He says, now I say this to you, that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church. And for decades, a lot of people have been going from side to side trying to figure out exactly what Jesus meant by that. But with all my heart, I believe that in that moment, what Jesus was saying there to Peter was that on this statement that you've just made, that I am the Christ, the Messiah, the promised Redeemer, the promised Savior, the Son of God, that on this statement, I will build my church. And there's that word, church. And I believe that as Jesus uses this word church, it is vitally important for you and for me to ask the question, well, what did Jesus mean? <laughs> 
when he said church. Like I can have my definition, but what did Jesus mean when he said he will build his church? Years later, this word that Jesus used would be translated from Greek into German. And the word would be translated into a German word, Kirche. And this, this word, Kirche, refers to, to, to a location as opposed to a people. It, it refers to a location, a, a, a building as opposed to a people. But when Jesus used the word church, Jesus didn't use the word kirche. He used the word ecclesia. And this word ecclesia means a gathering. It means a people. It means his called out ones. Literally translated, it's two words put together. It means ones called out. His called out ones. What does that even mean? His called out ones. Well, there was this day where Jesus walked up to people, walked up to these followers of him and essentially invited them to follow him. He called them out. He, he essentially was saying in that moment, man, you've been living a certain way. You've been doing life a certain way and it's got you this far. But man, there's so much more for you. Uh, I have so much more for you. Come follow me i'm calling you out to a greater life and they did and they experienced it and they became his called out ones his his ecclesia and then jesus went on to say this he says to peter i will build my ecclesia my church and the powers of hell will not conquer it. What did he mean by that? What he was really saying was that no death, speaking in the first person as Jesus, not my death, not your death, no death can ever stop this church, this ecclesia, this people, this, these called out ones. <clears throat> now the truth be told, if Jesus had said Kirche, then the statement would not have come true. If Jesus had meant a location, this would not have come true. But Jesus didn't say Kirche and he didn't mean Kirche, no. He said Ecclesia, my church, my called out ones, my people. And nothing has been able to stop this church even to this day and if we're honest there was there was no natural reason absolutely no natural reason why this movement should have succeeded why this movement should have kept on moving <laughs> no you see for all intents and purposes this movement should have failed why because this, this, this leader of this movement ends up being crucified and killed. He ends up being martyred. In fact, the first followers, the first church, so to speak, ends up being martyred and killed for their faith. Every single one of them except one being John, who ended up dying years later on a prison island called Patmos, again for his faith. 
And I don't know about you, but when a movement starts and the, 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 <laughs> the leader gets killed and all the first adopters get, get killed, like I've got some questions about following this movement. I've got some questions about, about joining this movement. So for no reason, no natural reason should this movement have survived. And yet it did. It should have failed, but instead of failing, it flourished. <laughs> it thrives and it thrives to this day. Why? Why on earth? Because Jesus said, I will build my ecclesia, my church. And nothing, not my death, not your death, not even a global pandemic can or will stop it. So the question that we asked right at the top was this. Is this global pandemic a threat to the church? Well, if Jesus had said Kirche, then yes. Then yes, then this global pandemic is a threat. Why do I say that? Well, because COVID would and has threatened the location. Like the location is closed right now as we're speaking. As you're sitting at home watching this, no one's gathering here busy in the kirche, in the location. But Jesus did not say kirche. <laughs> Jesus said ecclesia, his people, his called out ones, his church. So if we as the church have functioned up until now as a kirche before COVID-19, we would be struggling right now because the location has been shut down. But if we are functioning and have been functioning as an ecclesia, as a dynamic people of God, then we have been given the most incredible opportunity right now to thrive. You see, shortly after Jesus' death, his burial and his resurrection, his followers, his church, they, 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 they start to face massive persecution and they scatter all over and in that moment that should have been the fire kind of being spread out and slowly dying but because of the persecution and because of the scattering instead of it dying down or dying out what ends up happening is it starts to thrive it starts to reach areas it wouldn't have reached if the ecclesia was functioning like a kirche and just nice and comfortable and happy in their little space. No, the, the pressure was applied. They had to move out. The message spread. And as a result, this ecclesia grew something crazy and no one could stop it and no one has been able to stop it. And instead of the stopping them 
it multiplied them. Ladies and gentlemen, we are the church. You are the church. I am the church. And we cannot at the moment physically go and gather. Fact? Fact. We cannot physically go and gather right now. We cannot go and meet at this location or at any location right now. But nothing, absolutely nothing is stopping you and me. Nothing is stopping this ecclesia from being the church of Jesus right now. I love the way that Andy Stanley put it in his book, Deep and Wide. He, he said this, he said, you can lock the doors of a kirche, not so with the ecclesia of Jesus. Isn't that just the truth? You see, as long as we, you and me, as long as we do not mistake the church for a location, but recognize that we are the church, that we do not go to church, we are the church. That church isn't something we do, it's something that we are. Our purpose remains and our potential is magnified in times of crisis. There is no, no greater need ever than right now for the ecclesia of Jesus. We have so many stories within this church of folks who, who as I said, church wasn't even on their radar. They, they weren't even thinking in that direction. But during this time of crisis, they've come and engaged. They've, they've come and they've, they've logged online. They've, they've clicked on a message. And, and as a result, they, they've engaged with the ecclesia of Jesus. And, and just to see how, how, how even though they've never engaged with church before, now that they have, just to see how in this time... They've just found real and relevant relationship with Jesus. And ladies and gentlemen, that's what it's all about. In this time as the church, we have not been smothered, not at all. As the ecclesia of Jesus, we are thriving. And you may be asking today, Ramon, how is that even possible? How can that be? Like, let's be honest, the attendance has never been lower. <laughs> In fact, it's empty right now. Surely the finances must have been impacted great, greatly. Like, the building is standing open. Like, do you guys even do anything during the week? Like, how, how can, you know, how can this be? How can it be that in this time, more and more and more people are coming and engaging with the ecclesia and becoming part of the ecclesia, becoming part of this church? How can it be? Well, it's very simple, ladies and gentlemen. Because Jesus said, I will build my church, my people. And nothing, nothing can Stop it. And when he said it, he meant it. And I wonder today, if you maybe go back to that little note that you make, 
made earlier on, your definition. I wonder what's your, what's your definition of church? Today, what's your definition of church? Maybe today is a day to rethink your definition of church. Maybe you've seen church as this place that you go to and not this thing that you are. This, 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 this thing that you go and attend as opposed to this body that you're a part of, this dynamic people that you're a part of, these called out ones, as it says in the original translation. And maybe today your next step is to just get before God and just ask Him to, to just challenge your thinking on, on your definition of church. Maybe you have functioned kirche and today you're recognizing you want to move to ecclesia. You want to move into a, into a space where you recognize yourself as the church. Maybe today you want to move from going to church to being the church. And I'd love to just pray with you in this moment that God can come and just challenge our thinking and stir up our hearts in the moment. Father God, I thank you, Lord. Lord, that as folks have just engaged with the truth of your message, Lord, Lord, that in this moment you can come and challenge our thinking, Lord. Father God, that you will give us a just fresh thinking on, on, on what you meant when Jesus said, I will build my church and nothing can stop it. Father God, I thank you that we may have been in a space where we have got depressed and we've got frustrated because we've not been able to go and do church. But Lord, today you are challenging us to not be satisfied with doing church, but to rise up and to go and be the church as you have called us to be, Father. Lord, I thank you that it's your kindness that leads us to repentance. It's your kindness that leads us and that guides us and, and that comes and challenges us, Lord. And that as you challenge us, Lord, that we will shift our thinking, that we will not just wait for the day that we can go to church again. No, Lord, that we can today, right now, rise up and be the church, be your hands and your feet and get out into our communities. And instead of waiting to get into church, that we can get into our communities and go and make a difference for you. And we thank you for that, Lord, that we can go and be an accurate representation of your son, Jesus. And we pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm excited about this. I want to encourage you, come back next week, engage with us over these weeks as we just, as we just roll out what it means to be the church. We got some exciting community projects coming up during this time that I want to encourage you, come and get stuck in and be a part of it. So don't forget, that is a building. <laughs> you are the church. We are 
the church. We love you and we will see you next week. Cheers. We trust that you found this message valuable. For more information on who we are or how you can get involved, please check out our website at bikerschurchmidrand.co.za or connect with us through social media on Facebook or Instagram. Beyond that, have a great day.